0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 19 of the Show Me Show podcast. Today, we got a really big show, uh, some breaking news out of the NFL. Baker Mayfield traded to the Panthers. We'll talk about that. Um, The Avalanche also won the Stanley Cup over the Lightning. Uh, We have a little bit of Cardinals talk as the All-Star break approaches in the MLB and how the Cardinals' season and recent weeks have gone. Then we have tough scene of the week. And, of course... We will have the NBA Draft recap and some other NBA news. Um, and without any more, let's get right into it. Welcome back to episode 19. I'm Luke with my co-host, Cam. And I think we'll start off talking... Some breaking news at the NFL this morning, just a few hours ago. Baker Mayfield traded to the Panthers for a 2024 conditional draft pick. I do believe it starts it off as a fifth rounder, though. If that's true, fleeced. Browns were fleeced twice now with the Deshaun Watson trade and now this.
1: Well, and if you're the Panthers, you got to look at this on the bright side. I mean, you have two of the top three picks from that draft class now <laughs> true you have Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold on that roster from that draft class uh Baker Mayfield was the number one pick and Darnold I think was the third pick who's the two I think it was Saquon so uh, hey um, hey. you never know so yeah Christian they, McCaffrey
0: for Saquon they could make it gosh, all three <laughs> they could
1: get all three although that would uh That'd be a funky trade. Yeah. But uh, I think I've – I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show, but I've been seeing this trade happen for a while.
0: Oh, yeah. You've mentioned it a bit yeah. on the show.
1: I, sure. uh, I thought Baker was going to be a Panther a long time ago, actually, probably about a month or two ago. I was like, I think this is where it would work best. Um, it would help with the uh, development of Matt Corral, I think, because they're actually pretty similar. If you watch Matt Corral in college, he's, he could throw from the pocket, but he also moves around a lot. Baker did the same stuff in college, could throw from the pocket, but was also very good while he was moving out of the pocket. So, I
0: think we'll this will also help Panthers fans and their eyeballs because they don't have to watch Sam Darnold this year anymore. Yeah. Which well, that's good for anyone, good for the average NFL fan. Yeah, that is
1: good for everybody's health, especially for the people in uh city of Queens, the city of Charlotte. Um, you know, and it also is just awesome Browns. Awesome Browns moment from a Steelers fan yeah. and just an NFL fan and just a fan of comedy all <laughs> at the same time. You know, the I love it. The Browns, you know, they, they get Deshaun Watson in this uh Mega deal, sending the Texans all kinds of stuff and picks, and uh, basically giving up a big chunk of the Browns' future for him. And they signed him to a $230 million deal, a lot of it guaranteed. And right now, it's it's looking like he's at least not going to be able to play next year. They haven't uh, handed down his uh, suspension yet, but uh, they have his uh, hearing – has concluded. So they're now just waiting to spend them, I think indefinitely. And I think the indefinitely will just be like one year, but awesome moment because just a few days ago, I also saw something on Twitter that was like Baker Mayfield was pretty much saying if the Browns want them back, they're going to have to come begging on their knees. And I guess they didn't. And, uh, They sent him to Charlotte, uh, to the Panthers, which I really like, uh, Carolina needs a quarterback super bad. Um, if they want, I mean, we saw, you know, with Teddy Bridgewater a few years ago, uh, that when they had at least a somewhat competent quarterback, they're able to compete. They're in the, it was kind of like, uh, uh, I guess not really the Falcons. They weren't, the games that the Falcons lost last year, they weren't really in, but, uh, trying to think of a good comparison team. Honestly, the Lions in a lot of games last year. You know, they were in games. Uh, The Panthers, this will at least get them back to being in games, back to when they had Teddy Bridgewater and they were fighting in that division. Um, Yeah. Tooth and nail, but I don't know if it's going to make that much of a difference, especially if, you know.
0: It'll add some interest to Matt Rule's life. Let's just say that.
1: Yeah. Probably. It might add some years to his life, but not his NFL life. No, NFL no life, it, it's that's already uh, dead. Um, yes, death is waiting for him at the end of week uh 18 this year. Uh, he's probably he yeah he's probably gonna be a Black Monday kind of guy, get fired at the start of the new year, but but he also very well could get fired during the middle of the year if this Baker thing doesn't work out. But I think that this Baker thing will work out um, to a certain degree. I'll I'll say that, you know, as long as he doesn't try and play hurt like he did last year with the Browns, then I think this is going to be a fine deal for the Panthers, and they literally just got themselves an NFL starter caliber quarterback that's better than all the other quarterbacks on their roster.
0: Oh, yeah, instant improvement for sure. And all they had to give up was a fifth round. Maybe if it's conditional, that means maybe a fourth-round pick too or maybe sixth-round, I don't know. But very low-level pick for an instant starter at the quarterback position. Yeah. You don't see that
1: very often. Yeah, and you're also getting a guy who's going to have a massive chip on his shoulder. Um, He literally had his spot overtaken by uh, another, another quarterback who hadn't even played the year before due to, you know, all these pending – well, not even pending anymore. They're closed. Uh, lawsuits. Yeah, lawsuits with the massages and stuff like that with Sean Watson. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, he has a real chance to show that, you know, he was worthy of that number one pick. And it's just that this time he'll be able to show with the Panthers. Yeah. I'm actually excited for that. No, know, I, and-
0: I am a huge Baker guy.
1: I think he's a, a solid guy. He's just a really good, a really great competitor, and that just really uh, it hurt him last year. Honestly, he was too yeah, much of a competitor. Exactly. So, um, and I have no ill will towards Panther fans and the Panthers organization. I I hope they do fine, and uh, it makes that division a lot better. Instantly. And, you know, there's already a good yeah. division in my eyes.
0: No. It's I actually it's, one of the worst in the league.
1: I think it's a fine division because the Saints were literally one quarterback away last year from having a great season. And they still almost made the playoffs. It came down to the last week.
0: Yeah, but they don't have then on Sean Payton. have
1: man. the Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, the Buccaneers are good.
1: Who are Super Bowl contenders. And the one team that has some real – that does not look good and will probably have a season that is similar to last year is the Falcons. But I think this I think this elevates the Panthers. And I'm not saying it's going to be the greatest division, but I'm saying that the in-division games now with Baker Mayfield playing instead of Sam Darnold, I mean, those games just got a hell of a lot tougher for Tom Brady or for Jameis. And definitely for the Falcons. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: I I don't see it as a super division at all. Both of the West divisions are way better. Um, That's true. I think maybe the NFC East might be worse. Um, Maybe the NFC North. But I I honestly compare the South and North very even. They have a really big top dog at the division. And then they have a middle-of-the-line team, Saints-Vikings. And then they have two really bad teams.
1: Yeah, I am I I get. I see that, but I also see the Saints last year where if Jameis doesn't get hurt, they're not a middle-of-the-pack team. They would have been a playoff team. And uh, Kirk Cousins, I don't know what's up with him, but they have a new <laughs> offense in Minnesota this year.
0: Yeah, Kevin O'Connell.
1: So uh, we'll see how that does. Apparently, they say Justin Jefferson's ready to put up just unbelievable numbers. Yeah,
0: I, I'm going to give a little offense. bit of fantasy advice now. Take it or leave my fantasy vice because I got last place in the league last year. But, but Justin Jefferson will be the top scoring receiver barring injury in fantasy this year. So draft him as high as possible. That's my prediction.
1: Yeah. He'll probably, he'll definitely be a first rounder in almost everybody's draft. I would imagine. He's a beast. He's a dog. Uh, And uh, I mean,
0: for the for the AFC North though, this is beautiful for this year because it clean. We already know that Deshaun Watson is going to miss a huge portion of games this year, um, whether it be all of them or you know just a large portion. That's going to leave. That's kind of kind of take the Browns out of the playoff race because in this day and age, you have to have a quarterback to really compete, and that team is so good. But who's their quarterback now? Case Keenum.
1: Jacoby Brissett is their quarterback. Yeah. So, uh, I uh, it makes it a three-team race, really, honestly. But also, the, I sit here saying that, and uh, now I think Trubisky is better than Brissett. Not. It's not like the Steelers have a quarterback, really, either. So,
0: I'd say the Steelers and Browns are now in a very
1: it, similar. Yeah, because it's not like this. It's not like the Browns' defense just goes away overnight. It's exactly. still a solid defense. Um, so
0: I would honestly put the Browns ahead of the Steelers still, unless Kenny Pickett just balls out this. I,
1: year. just
0: comes out of the water and just puts up big numbers.
1: I think Steelers' defense was still better than the mm-hmm. Browns' defense last year. Browns' secondary underperformed last year. Mm-hmm. Well, last year I'm talking about this next year though. Yeah, and and obviously,
0: I think this it's going to make it a two man race now at the top with the Ravens. And I think it was
1: it was probably the Yeah, Well, lot of people, I think even you were like, there. It's still two man race. I wasn't it you that was like, Browns aren't even going to make the playoffs even if they have Deshaun Watson.
0: Well, because they're the Browns. <laughs> yeah. You never count on the Browns to do anything good. Um, if they make the playoffs, I won't be surprised because the rest of their team is good. But at the same time, I don't think I'm going to pick them. But, and I don't know if I'm going to pick the Bengals to win. It might be the Ravens' year, honestly. I'm feeling the Ravens' vibes big time. I hope Lamar Jackson has a good season. I think he will. But I think the Bengals are due for a bit of uh, hungover, or hangover, due for a little bit of Super Bowl regression. I still think they're going to be a playoff team, but maybe yeah. not as dominant as they were during their playoff run.
1: Yeah, but they, you know, the thing is is they weren't dominant during their playoff run. They weren't. They won every game, it was tooth and nail. Yeah, the but their de- defense stepped up huge,
0: way better than what it was in the regular season, and then Joe Burrow just went to a different level. Like their team, the whole team stepped up, so that's why I think they're due for a little bit of progression. Well, I don't know, but yeah, this certainly takes the Browns a step down now in the AFC and in that division. And the Panthers are now, I guess a
1: not I would really put them better. I would. I would put the Panthers. Uh, they didn't move up or down. Actually, ah, man, they were probably they moved up a little bit. I, I'm th- yeah, but in terms of their division race, I probably still would have had them at. No, I don't know. I think I may have had the Falcons at three, until this <laughs> trade. Yeah. So I would uh put the Panthers at three. Uh, Bucks one, hmm. Saints two. Uh, Panthers three, Falcons four.
0: Man, that's tough. I I still might have the Panthers last, just because how bad the rest of their team is. <laughs> the Falcons have a few pieces here and there that are pretty good. Um, uh, but they're they have them. No, they have no, Matt Ryan no more. So
1: who knows? Yeah. Um. They're the problem with them is uh they're trying to train a rookie quarterback in Desmond Ritter, and they're the person that's supposed to show them the way is Marcus Mariota, who <laughs> was a <laughs> You know he's a he failed was, starter. Yeah, you you know he was a first round pick too. He's the number two pick, and uh, his career hasn't done much of anything either. So, uh, but he that offense will be interesting. What they're going to try and do? I mean, are you going to try and make Mariota a pocket passer, or are you going to let him move around a lot? I would suggest let him move around a lot. But is he going to be accurate? We'll see.
0: We'll see. Speaking of the South, too, Stanley Cup Finals, um, the Battle of the South, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Colorado Avalanche. Last time we were on the show, it was through two games, Avalanche were up 2-0, and I said whoever won game three would win the series. Uh, that was, I was fake? I, I was wrong about that, but I still, at the very beginning of the playoffs, I called the Avalanche winning. I've said the Avalanche are by far the best team in the playoffs the entire time, the entire postseason, I haven't backed down from that, and they proved me right as they won the Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, um, this was my takeaway. I I remember texting this to my dad uh, when I was watching games. Game six, I did not even open my eye to watch a single second of Game five, but game I didn't six, either. Game I, six, was I watched, a fever dream. Uh, I watched pretty much the whole Game six, and this is what I came up with. Avalanche were so much better it was just that the Lightning had a Hall of Fame goaltender. Yeah. Vasilevsky, is he was unreal.
0: He has so, been unreal for um, the last few seasons.
1: He I mean he literally looks like a future Hall of Famer. So that's pretty much what kept the Lightning in it if you ask me. Um and yeah, I mean they have some good have some great players, but not as many great players as the Avalanche had, and uh, they were avalanche was so fast, and uh, it showed so.
0: Yeah, they were just by far the better team. Cale McCarr, the defenseman, takes home the Con Smythe trophy, which is the playoff MVP. Uh, I don't remember the last time that a defenseman has done that. They probably showed the stat, but um, it's very rare for a defenseman to win, you know, an award like that. But Cale McCarr is not your average defenseman, you know, he's kind of bringing in a new, he's fast. He skates fast. He can score goals and then he can also defend. He's going to be, He's a future star. I mean, he kind of already is a star, but he could be like top player. Yeah. I mean, like, he, he
1: is a generational talent. Yes. So, I mean, we'll see the thing that I think is funny. I think we mentioned this last time. Um, Big hockey fans hated the Lightning because they're sick of them winning the cup. I and they were all rooting for the Avalanche, but it's going to be the same thing.
0: Avalanche
1: are hot, man, and I think they're going to be right back in the spot probably next year and maybe the year after that too if guys don't leave for a bunch of money. So they're going to fans are going to be in the same boat. They're going to be uh rooting the Avalanche out in a couple of years, I think.
0: Yeah. Cale McCarr is the only the third defenseman who's either twenty-three or younger to win the playoff con Smythe MVP trophy. 20,
1: 23 or younger. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man. Yeah, he's gonna be around a long time. And he's gonna be good.
1: <laughs> yeah. They uh they're actually their parade uh was pretty mellow. I, I didn't hear anything about it. Yeah, and uh, they marched around uh, Denver, Coors Field and Denver and stuff like that, but it seemed like they they had their fun and then they were back to earth. I don't know. Nothing too crazy. They had their, their
0: sights set on another one yeah, next year, maybe. unfortunately. Um. So Cronky gets his second win of the year. I think at this point we have to admit defeat. Because he took... Do we have he to? Saint, yes. He Do took,
1: we have to? I mean, he's just winning in our face. Do we have to say anything about it?
0: I am. I, I'm admitting defeat. Be, I don't want to be a sore loser here. Uh, he, he took our team, our football team, brought them to L.A., made them a super team, and won a Super Bowl there in his home stadium. Then he took his hockey team, who has been constantly beating on the door, and went past the St. Louis Blues, who were probably the, the toughest competition for him in the playoffs. Maybe took out our goalie, but they still went past them and then won a Stanley Cup. He kind of owns us now. <laughs>
1: yeah, not as much as hard. I hate to admit it. I hate him. But yeah, and he also owns uh the Nuggets, right? And, they suck. and yeah, but guess what? Him. They also have the reigning MVP two times. So true.
0: Reigning two-time MVP, man, he just so, he just doesn't lose.
1: And he also owns Arsenal, which is like one of the biggest soccer teams in the world. But yeah, whatever. they're not that good, though. Whatever.
0: So unfortunate, tough scene for them. But I mean, it wasn't like a. It was two very good teams in the Stanley Cup, which is something we haven't had in a few years. So Obviously, Montreal, nice. year, they were. I don't even know how they made it. And then the year before with Dallas. They weren't really- You know, a top two team, but this—you could argue these were the two best teams. You could say maybe the Panthers, you know, Mm. Penguins, or somebody like that. But
1: maybe the Blues.
0: Maybe the Blues. You can—they won the same
1: amount of games
0: as the Lightning. Yes, but you could also make the argument that Lightning and Avalanche were probably the two best teams. So, and there was some good hockey with the exception of Game Two. So. Uh, entertaining series for sure. I didn't
1: hardly watch any of it, but (sighs) game six, watching game six, uh, it's a weird comparison, but I had the same feeling. It was like watching game seven of the 2016 world series. When I was watching the Cubs win the world series, Mm. I had the same feeling. I was just watching the clock tick down in that hockey game and the lightning just weren't doing anything. The lighting were pretty much still playing defense the the whole <laughs> third quarter. And I was like, this is just sad. And it felt just like that Cubs World Series win against the Indians watching watching that. So I was in the same place too. I was in the movie room, just watching it. And it just hurt. But what whatever. can you do?
0: Yeah. Sports. What can you do? Um, I guess we can move on to the Cardinals here another one sore subject to another sore subject uh, they're falling off a cliff at a very slow rate here and I don't like it. Um, let's see the last time since you've last recorded
1: I went to a game and they dominated what game was that? They uh, played the Marlins and won nine nothing wayno pitch a gem. Oh was that the Epe game? Yeah one hit two yeah. It was awesome. And a Goldie hit one as soon as we sat down. But uh, since then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
0: think since we last recorded, it was they played the Cubs at home and lost two out of three. And the Cubs are a bottom five team in the MLB. Uh, And then, obviously, like you said, the Marlins, which wasn't a bad series, but it should have been a sweep. And, you know, two outs in the ninth inning in yeah. game three. And I
1: fumbled it a little bit. Helsley, who's
0: been so good all year, gives up a two-run homer in the Marlins winning game. One of the
1: season, too, yeah.
0: that he had given up. So you can't really fault him, but at the same time, it's also a very Cardinals thing to do. And then we had a three-game game two-game series two-game with, with the Phillies over the weekend. Arenado, Arenado hits for the cycle in game one. <laughs> lost. Kind of a... Maybe a Mickey Mouse cycle if you saw the last uh, single that they gave
1: him. <laughs> Kinda, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: kind of a Mickey Mouse cycle. You you make you know, you can decide. Um the third baseman like it was a rocket off the bat, but the third baseman like bobbled it. And then when he threw it to first, he overthrew it. But had he made a good throw, I think Arenado would have beat it out. But you could argue for the error with uh, the error excuse me with the bobble there.
1: I respect the score's decision there for just using his eyes and being like, you know what, that's the cycle. Yeah. I respect that. That's kind of also something I respect about hockey referees. They like they have a set of rules, but like the referees I've seen like on the ice, they just call it how they see it and uh then they just move on. Like sometimes they'll see Penalties, but if it's just like something little, they just let it go, and then they just keep playing. They just let the boys yeah. keep playing.
0: Like if it doesn't really affect the game. Yeah. Like if you know somebody's going for like a goal or something, and you push them out of the way, then that's an obvious interference. You know, something like that. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. And then, but we lost that game unfortunately because we suck at pitching. And the next game, we barely won. The ghost of Gyro Munoz if you don't remember, he used to play for the Cardinals. And one day he just left. He was on the team. And, like, they're all showing up for the game the next day. And they're just like, where is Gyro?" And no one had any clue where he was. And he flew back to his hometown, which is in, like, the Dominican maybe. It's one of the uh, Hispanic countries. Um, Maybe Venezuela. He just flew back without telling anyone. And then he asked for his release. Um, now he's with the Phillies, and he had three RBIs to come back and tie up the game. <laughs> After the Cardinals did something that's only happened 11 times in the history of the MLB, which has hit four consecutive home runs, Arenado, Mullen Gorman, Juan Yepes, and Dylan Carlson had four in the first inning off St. Louis native Kyle Gibson. and And then, obviously, the Phillies tied it up. And then Arenado saves us in the ninth inning with a home run to squeak out a game, and Zach exactly Wheeler like dominates us on Sunday night baseball the next day. And then now we're playing the Braves, and we're probably going to get swept. We have just been dominated in the first two games, and we're probably going to be dominated in the next two games. I Michaels goes tonight though, so we might be able to salvage a game. But he's also going to get Max Freed. So,
1: yeah, it doesn't if they're sending out Max, it doesn't really seem like they're throwing in the towel, Uh, but the Braves have a big series to get uh, ready for this week as well, though, for the Mets, so yeah, yeah, that'll be top must-see baseball, so we'll see if they uh, take it easy on the cards tonight in preparation for that, but we'll see.
0: Well, I mean, taking it easy, that that would just be winning by, like, three runs instead (laughs) of eight, but... Uh, the Cardinals, their schedule doesn't get any easier because they have, obviously, two more games with the Braves. Then they four games with the Phillies, who are now above us in the standings, and then three games with the Dodgers. And then I think it's the Reds after that, before the All-Star break. So we got we to gotta go here because we're starting to fall off. We have one of the worst pitching staffs in baseball. Uh, the Maddox Lab is failing. <laughs> Mike Maddox, uh, his pitching lab, doesn't seem to be working out very well. Also, we don't have a lot of pitchers in the lab. Hudson sucks. That's all I have to say. I hate watching him. He has so much potential, but he's just hes in the Maddox lab, to say the least. Um, trade deadline comes up in a few weeks, so hopefully we can add some pitching because I think we can all agree that we need that.
1: Yeah. But will
0: it be somebody like a Frankie Montas or will it be someone like a Zach Grenkey, which I'd be with Zach Ranky, but I don't know. He's so we'll kind of see. a weirdo, but sure. Yeah, he's playing in Missouri right now.
1: Yeah, make the drive down I seventy, yeah. come play for the Cardinals.
0: This is all I have to say to Mister Dewitt and the owner, the owner uh, family of the St. Louis Cardinals. Let Leonard Mo cook. cook. Let him cook. Uh, he traded for two superstars. Two probably future Hall of Famers and Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. One of them is probably going to win the MVP this year, or at least he's on track to win the MVP. For almost nothing, he gave he gave up almost nothing to get those two stars. Let him cook. All right, they let the owners let him spend this money with these stars to get them, but then it just stops after that. Now, granted, he did he he did make the Ozuna trade, and that's looking pretty bad at the moment. Um, And he did make the Randy Orozarena trade, which is also looking pretty bad at the moment. But in the grand scheme of things, Goldschmidt and Arenado, great trades. And they're carrying our team right now. So I think we just let him cook.
1: Yeah. Um, Although Nolan is starting to get back to Nolan lately, but he was really having a rough couple of weeks there. Um, Yeah. Month of May. Yeah. Well, not even just I mean parts of June wow. yeah, late June it was not a great for Arenado. but he's uh, obviously hit for the cycle the other night, but I don't know. we we were throwing out some names that we'd like to see in a cardinal uniform. Sandy. <laughs> Alcantara.
0: Oh I'd love I, I'd love to trade for him. Unfortunately, I think we have to give up more than ozuna at this point.
1: yep. it's a little late to try to go back. No take back season in the MLB. It turns out, um, but yeah, they need some pitching. Uh, will we get pitching, or will you know the DeWitt family and Mo, you know, take the take the trade deadline off? And, well, they
0: um, usually do. So say,
1: you know, sleepy Joe, you know, sleepy Mo. So,
0: no, I I'm a you know. Mo enthusiast. I think he, <laughs> he <laughs> but, could do more, but I feel like it's more of the ownership that holds him back. Could be obviously I don't, we none of us know for sure, but I feel like it really is the ownership that's holding. If moke had like an unlimited salary, he would go to town. Ta- like if he was on the Dodgers, they would never lose a never lose anything because he would go to town. But yeah, he's not. He's on the Cardinals, so whatever. The All Star break looms, however, as I said, in a few. It's in a few weeks here. Goldschmidt is almost a lock at this point. I think they released the uh the final. Results, not the final results, but the final uh, results update. And he's leading by quite a bit. Nolan Arenado, Tommy Edmond, and Miles Michaelis, uh, they're also looking to get all-star nods. And I think Arenado and Michaelis are probably pretty good locks to be reserves. Um, Edmond is a toss-up. He's got a great war, but maybe not the power numbers that you're looking for, but he's got the utilityness So we'll see what he... I have a feeling he'll, he'll probably get it. it right might next. just be a reserve. Yeah, Edmund would be a reserve, but we'll see. Um, that's that's about all I have on that.
1: Hopefully, they get hot. You know, it's hot as hell in Missouri. Hopefully, the cards get hot. They come back Friday, so that's, I think that's when the temperatures start to cool off. Is Friday, <laughs> so uh, we'll see. But yeah, nothing. Not a whole lot for yeah. the Cardinals in the positive direction right now.
0: Yadi. oh, can we talk about Yadi or Molina for a second? He may be dead.
1: I don't want to really talk about yadi. I'm i seriously concerned
0: that he'll never play another he game. He is done. Yeah. I have a feeling if he comes back, it'll just, like, he will only start with Wainwright. Like, he's not going to be playing, you know, at the beginning when he was playing, like, you know, or yeah, yeah five, he was playing, again. he was the starter. Yeah, he, him and Kisner were splitting times even. If he comes back, it's just going to be Kisner, and then Yadi will like give Kisner a day off every fifth day when Wainwright pitches. Yeah, I mean, I think Yachty's- you know
1: what, and one thing I'm also worried about with Yadi right now is he is probably just getting fatter and fatter and fatter oh, yeah. as he's on this hiatus, and he's already fat as shit. So, you know, it's just not looking good right now. Um, no. he might. You know, it's kind of like an early retirement situation. You know, maybe uh like Luke said, maybe you can give uh, Kisner the day off here and there, but Gaudi is just well, too fat. I'm putting my stamp down. He's, he's too fat. fat.
0: He's like he's Zion or he's like uh, Miguel Sano. I don't know if you saw that or not, but the Cleveland Guardians announcer, this to almost almost be a tough scene. Um they were talking about no, it might have been the twins announcer. And they were talking about what happened to Miguel Sano and why he's in the minors. And he goes, he's just fat. <laughs> he's like, he, it's not that he's hurt. He is just fat. And he's working to get that. He's working to get some of the weight off. Um, that's kind of how it is for Yachty right now, except I don't think he's working to get some of the weight off. I think he's no. just accepting it. He says he's retiring after the year. Yeah. But I think he will play again because the Cardinals never gave like a goodbye ceremony or anything. So that makes me think that, yeah. There will be games where he plays, and he's still got like 10 more games that he's got to play to break the all-time battery record.
1: And I think he wants to do that. Do ah, I don't even know if he's going to have 10 more starts with Wainwright. I, if he comes back in a few weeks, he will. we will have two months. I know. I just don't know if they'll play him that much to get that. I think they'll play him every Wainwright day. You think so?
0: I think so. It's every fifth day. Maybe six day even sometimes if you have an off day. Mm-hmm. I think he could his body can manage that. Instead of DHing for Wainwright though, we'll just DH for
1: him. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, um, probably shit. do the same. Yeah, he yeah. Is it's sad? I mean, he is it, he had such a great career, but he is uh. He's fat
0: and he's old, but and he's still a Hall of Famer, but. Yeah. So, please, can we send him out with a World Series win? That's all I ask. And, yeah. Uh, he doesn't even have to play. He no. Just, he just, he just
1: ride the bench. Yeah. Those are the best times, anyway, it seems like. So. Bench mafia. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. I guess you want to move on to
1: tough scene of the week here before we wrap up with uh, a lot of NBA talk. Yep. All right. Uh, first one's first. Uh, I lost my flip-flops. Doesn't seem like a big deal, but... I wear them everywhere. I wear them everywhere, um, and for some reason, I uh, I have I have bitch feet. I cannot uh, walk around my house without like something on my uh, on my feet, like flip flops or shoes. Like not on, socks. No, I wear I wear socks, but like but you can't
0: walk around with just socks on.
1: Yeah, I can't walk around on uh, like tile or hardwood floor. It hurts. What about my so bad carpet i can i can do but it still hurts after a while oh. it, i have and i think it's because i just i realized that it started hurrying back when i was like in middle school and stuff like that when i had this sievers thing with my heels and so from that point forward i always wore either shoes or flip-flops in the house and now i just have bitch feet they just can't take any any time on hardwood or tile or anything so it's a tough scene. I lost my flip-flops. Um, my next tough scene is college football traditions. They are they are they are pretty much a kiss of goodbye here.
0: I don't know about that
1: coming coming in the future. Conferences,
0: is, yeah, but not not traditions.
1: College football traditions in terms of rivalries are going to be gone for the most part.
0: What rivalries will be will we be losing?
1: We will be losing just in the Pac-12. As of right now, as of right now, we will be losing Stanford and all the Notre Dame ones because Stanford is looking like they're going to be moving, and Notre Dame's not picking a conference. And USC and UCLA, yeah, it's going to be cool to watch them play Big Ten teams, but it just looks so weird geographically. Um now, one thing I'm also uh, worried about is also college basketball is where it's heading with the ACC looking like it's something weird about to go down with the ACC. Yeah. And ACC basketball is going to look so funky. And ACC basketball is just an American treasure. Mm-hmm. Kind like really of like Joey Chestnut. Yeah, like Joey Chestnut. But it's just looking like some of these conferences are just going to go completely under and get dissolved. It's looking like the Big Ten and the SEC are just going to be two mega conferences. Um, I know I saw saw something like the the Big 12. 12. It looks like they're going to be bringing in half of the Pac-12 or what's left of it. And the ACC hasn't hasn't done anything yet. Uh, I saw one thing that said Virginia, Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina were all going to be absolved into – the SEC, now let me just say this right now. Three, out, three of those four teams right now, if they had to play an SEC schedule today, they would just get absolutely in shit rock. I mean in football. Unreal. They would just get crushed. Um and in basketball, if those how many of those teams would probably get wrecked in the SEC right now? Carolina think,
0: would do perfectly fine. Yeah.
1: Hunts might be the only one that would struggle. Yeah uh but virginia in florida and, state you know, maybe florida maybe. state yeah florida state had not didn't have a good what, year last year either. yeah
0: virginia and carolina would be fine they'd though. be
1: fine but uh yeah and it's there rivalries in the big 12 as well you know some of them it looks like they might go away because it just seems like teams are looking to leave and stuff like that um there's not a whole lot of rivalries in the Pac-12, honestly, that <laughs> no. we're losing. Uh, one that's going to suck is for Oregon. Oregon is losing a lot with this. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to Washington go. are really the only two big schools left in the Pac-12 besides Stanford, but it looks like Stanford's leaving. Um, you well, know, I wouldn't really
0: consider UCLA a big football school anyway.
1: Yeah, but they're, they're they play in the biggest market in the Pac-12, yeah. um, and they're they're kind of back right now. Chip Kelly. They had a solid season last year, and it's not like US, USC's been good at football in a while. Um, no, yeah, the yeah they're going to be good this year. The only two teams that have made the college football playoff from the Pac-12 are Oregon, 2015, and Washington. USC or UCLA has never made the college football playoff. True. And they both left. Um, See, what teams are
0: close? I know Utah was close one year.
1: Yeah. Um, um, who
0: else has been close?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. honestly. Um, Oregon's been close getting back a couple of times, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, it's one thing also, you know, you look at right now uh, for students, you know, like, at, go to the University of Oregon. You're not going to have USC week, which, you know, is a big game for Oregon um, when you have USC come to your campus, um, just stuff like that. You know, teams that are leaving conferences, it is going to shift rivalries. And, they're honestly, it's just going to have to form new rivalries, and they're just yeah, going to be gone.
0: No, they're not going to be gone. Like, when I look at the Texas and Oklahoma, they have a rivalry in themselves. So when they move, that won't change at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you will lose like an Oklahoma, Oklahoma State rivalry, but at the same time, you're gaining a Texas, Texas A&M rivalry, which I think
1: will be better. So
0: it's just yeah, but new
1: rivalries, you know, you know, and the reason why you're also going to lose a lot of these rivalry games is because there's not going to be any room left in your schedule to play non-conference games like that of that caliber because you're going to have to be playing so many conference games unless they extend the season.
0: Which I don't foresee right happening. Now, but...
1: 12 games, you know, or you can play 11 if you want, but that's going to hurt you. Um, you know, it's looking like in the future you're going to have to play 10 conference games, and do you really want to play – um, you know, you kind of want to play maybe a cupcake, mm-hmm. and then maybe you want to play like a Tulane, you know, or a Southern Miss somewhere in there before you really get going. Or you uh, wanna, I consider you know, that a
0: cupcake too. Yeah,
1: you want to also, yeah, but a lot of teams will pay five hundred thousand to play. You know, like Mizzou will play Semo. You know, yeah, an FCS or basically pay
0: them to lose the game.
1: You know, and uh, you know sometimes they'll stoop even lower. So, yeah, it's it's just weird. Um, I don't hate change. I think there's a lot of Fun stuff that's going to happen with college football in the future. I think the playoff is going to expand. I think the mega conferences is going to have maybe its own playoff someday. Yeah. But I also think that's going to mean that they're going to leave the NCAA. And I also wonder if this is only going to be for football because, you know, it's no. a big cash cow. I'm talking about like um, moving conference, conference uh, like playoffs and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because they're if they make their own thing, you know, their own league and stuff like that, like all of college football teams, you know, they're going to have to leave the NCAA, which leaves the NCAA tournament and their deal with CBS. Uh, It's in a weird spot too when teams are in a different league. I just don't know how it's all going to work. I think it'll work itself out, but I mean.
0: It'll be interesting for sure. I
1: think there's a chance that March Madness will actually expand to like 70 something teams. Mm. But we'll see. Which that would be a good thing. I'm fine eh. with that.
0: Sixty four is such a clean number. It is though. such
1: a clean number. I think you know if I think that would just mean you'd have to have more play-in games if you have yeah. higher numbers. Yep. Which isn't such a bad thing all the time. Uh, we've we've seen, seen some really awesome playing matchups over the past. <laughs> hell, there was a good one this past year with Indiana and oh shit, who did they play?
0: Wyoming. Yeah, well, I think the other one was better. I forget who it was. Uh, it went to overtime though.
1: So, and you know, UCLA went to the final four out of their first four game. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's gonna. It's it, it's in development.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird because like everyone's talking about the football because it's obviously the biggest, but these conference realignments are going on with every single sport. Like you think about swimming or tennis. Yeah basketball baseball softball you know all the sports they're changing conferences and so it's it's
1: going to be weird for sure i mean it's it's weird that uh you know schools are gonna have to buckle up and double uh travel budgets for in you know the big 10 you know think about sending the usc hockey team to michigan for a big 10 hockey game you know (laughs) uh because apparently USC's hockey team is going to have to make the jump to the varsity level, and they'll uh, probably get crushed. Oh yeah, for uh, the first ten years. But uh, you know, and other teams too, like lacrosse, you know, and stuff like that. You know, you have to fly them out to uh, New Jersey to play Rutgers. You know, on a Tuesday, you know, and stuff like that. So, but
0: I I wonder, like, if you could be in two different conferences because i know that
1: like when mizzou
0: was in the big 12 for
1: football and basketball their wrestling was in the mac but that's because there is no uh there's not that many conferences there's not an sec wrestling are they still
0: in the mac then
1: they actually just moved uh they moved somewhere else to a different conference i I don't i can't tell you which one it is see that's
0: that's weird to me but
1: yeah that's because literally no SEC schools besides, like, Mizzou. Uh, I think Arkansas, maybe. I can't confirm that, but Mizzou's, like, the only good wrestling school.
0: Yeah, in the SEC.
1: And they're not in the SEC, I guess. It's whatever conference they're in now. But... It's in development, this stuff. Yeah. It's all moving. Obviously, there's been lots of talk about Notre Dame. They're the big key in this, kind of where they go, like – if they go to the ACC, it might save the ACC from falling oh, no. apart completely Yeah, because the ACC needs a piece. It's kind of like talking about the NBA. Yeah, kind you know, of. You need, a, you need a big piece to keep uh, your chances alive. so the I, ACC needs that. I
0: don't know if I'd really call this a tough scene because in ways it's a tough scene, but otherwise I- – it's just change. Yeah. It is.
1: I still feel like it kind of is because we're going to lose some stuff that's yeah. been going on for a long time. And uh, it's just going to change. Yeah, but this one's even bigger of a tough scene in my eyes. The Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving era. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's going to be coming to an end after they played an astonishing 44 regular season games together in three seasons. Uh, Kevin Durant was hurt for one full season, but these last two years. Kyrie, had-
0: Kyrie Irving missed half this season yep, due to reasons.
1: Yeah, due to COVID Uh and not getting the vaccine. And wouldn't let him play home games. He was only able to play away games. And there's been other injuries tossed in there between the two players. Um and we come to 44 career games regular season for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving who got together and decided that they wanted to go there together to do this, to make, like, a super team, and they got nothing from it. And they hey. got swept.
0: And they even added James Harden at one point, point. I think uh, they all played 13 games together, if that. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> they were together for a full season. So, And, uh, you know, it's looking like Kevin Durant, you know, he's he requested a trade, and honestly, this is what I would do if I was the Nets. You don't see this anymore because I have no idea why you don't see this anymore. But hell, if I was the Nets, I would just take up everything that the uh, you know say like the Kings put a massive offer out there. Just take it and send his ass to Sacramento. Nothing against Sacramento or the city of Sacramento, but...
0: But it's the Kings. It's
1: the Kings. They're a terrible franchise. Yep. Um, Besides their Twitter account, but it's a terrible franchise. (laughs) So, you know, kind of just like an FU. Um, And Kyrie Irving wants to go to the Lakers, but he has no control. Which is funny. That's funny. It is funny. Because he just criticized
0: LeBron. LeBron, yeah, and now he wants to go back with him.
1: So... But... Kyrie Irving for
0: Russell Westbrook trade would be very funny in the fact, in two ways, that Kyrie would be going back to play with LeBron again and under his wing, and two,
1: the fact that Russell Westbrook would play for his fifth team in as many years. Fifth team in as many years as the same – he signed a Supermax with the Thunder. With the Thunder, and he would play one year of each of his contract with, with a different, a different team. team of his Supermax. So, like, everybody's sharing, giving him $47 million a year.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's just weird to see that, like, a player, like, would go to
1: a different team for five straight
0: years. And it's not mm. like that they sign with different teams, like an old veteran or somebody, like, this kind of just like a, a wanderer or something. Like, he's literally a superstar player as getting paid a bunch of money, and he gets traded literally four or five times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would just be funny. Um, so, I am very much rooting for that. Yeah, and there's lots of talk that they uh, one of the key suitors or one of the top suitors for Kevin Durant right now is the Raptors. They have like a massive yeah. package. Um, some, there was a short time frame that the Warriors were up there, <laughs> which would be crazy and just chaotic and funny. Um, oh,
0: incredibly funny, especially Sorry, if Aaron. Kyrie went back to L.A. I
1: think that one uh, fell through, though uh so yeah i mean and adam
0: silver probably vetoed that he's like no we can't have that again
1: Uh, (laughs) if if these guys are both gone it's just gonna be ben simmons and that will be also very funny next year he'd probably
0: just retire yeah
1: he might just not play uh without get the bag and dip so yeah that is a tough scene. It's a funny scene though at the same
0: time. Yeah. I only have one tough scene. It's coming back from vacation. Anytime that you come back from, you know, a long vacation, it's just kind of sad. You know, it's cuz vacation's so high and then you come back and it's so low. So it's a tough scene for sure.
1: But glad to be back, I guess. Yeah. On honestly when I was done with mine, I was ready to be back but it was a little it was a little bit longer. Yeah, yours was a little longer. And the last uh, couple days I felt like I was in a small town, USA <laughs> when I was in Gettysburg, so yeah.
0: Oh, all right. I guess we can move on to a little bit of NBA headlines and the draft here to wrap up the show. Yeah,
1: although we will have two wheel spins for two NFL. Again?
0: Yeah. All right. I'm down. We also have to talk about Joey Chestnut. We can do that right now if you want. Yeah, we'll do, we'll go ahead and do that. All right, all right. Postpone the NBA for a little bit. For the greatest American hero uh, since George Washington, maybe even more of a hero than George
1: Washington. I don't know. Yeah, because this is what I brought up. Now, wh- let me ask you this question. Who had slaves, George Washington or Joey Chestnut?
0: Not Joey Chestnut, Joey I can tell you Chestnut that. Doesn't he does, he does not have George
1: Washington did, and that may move him up the pedestal. True. So uh, Joey Chestnut claimed his 15th Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Championship in Coney Island, New York on the 4th of July, and it was an incredible scene. it always is. It always
0: is, but last year, he, last year, he broke the record with 76 hot dogs eaten. in, what is it, 10 minutes?
1: Yeah, it's 10 minutes. Yeah, I re watched it uh yesterday because we actually missed it live, and we'll get to that here in a second on oh. why we missed it. Still pissed. Um, but basically, you know, they bring everybody in, they give everybody a huge uh, like, announce of who's going to be in the competition and whatnot. And they always save Joey Chestnut for last. On a broken leg, they raise him above the crowd on this like huge uh, riser that rises up. And then uh, no, I don't think was, it was a
0: broken leg. He had like a ten, like a torn tendon or something.
1: No, oh, well, everybody but he was on was, crutches and had yeah, a boot he on. Had, he had crutches, and he was uh, he was a wounded warrior. And then he went into the competition and ate <laughs> sixty three dogs um, <laughs> while also choking out. Uh, somebody from the crowd who came up with a Darth Vader mask. I'm pretty sure they were protesting, like, animal cruelty or something. Yeah, yeah. Or they're, you know, guzzling down glizzies at an <laughs> unbelievable rate uh, right there in front of the, the nation for everyone to see. But, you know, mid, mid-match, mid Joey just takes this guy, in. and it honestly looked like he snapped his neck from yeah. the high angle of everybody that took a video of it on Twitter. It looked, looked like he snapped his neck, neck. I and mean, I thought the guy was dead, but, you know, uh, they just, and it's funny because on the ESPN has, like, been re-airing it, but they don't show that part live, but they actually do end up showing it once the competition's over. So, it's yeah. like, I guess they just weren't panned on Joey when it happened, and they just moved forward with the broadcast, but uh, Crazy. American hero, 15 out of the last 16. And the only time Joey Chestnut has lost the Nathan's famous competition was he – It was a 2015? Broke up with him before the contest. It was like four days
0: before the contest, yeah. yeah.
1: And he just he just couldn't stomach it, literally. But and he didn't win.
0: I mean, you think about 63 hot dogs. That's, that's not even close to his top performances either.
1: No. That's, I only
0: think that's top 10 Joey Chestnut performances. 63 hot dogs. That's 6.3 dogs per minute.
1: Yeah, yeah that's what like call it DPM <laughs> dogs per minute. <laughs> so, uh, that's
0: that's literally eating a hot dog every 10 seconds for 10 straight minutes.
1: It's crazy. Do you get like water to dip it in. Yeah, you have to you pretty much dip it in okay. water. I, that's the only You're way even, you can do it. So, you it's basically, basically it's, you have the hot dog and you basically just shove two of them in your mouth, and then you have to shove two buns in your mouth pretty much. You don't even put the hot dog on the bun.
0: That's that's fake. You gotta put the hot dog on
1: the bun. <laughs> They're not, there's no time. They just hand you dogs and then you just go.
0: So they should have it like made up beforehand. Like at least 60
1: for Joey. No, they just clear the table so fast. And it's everybody. There's you know, there was a couple guys, uh, I think Esper a like forty something. I think and I think some guy got close to fifty. I think he had like forty-five. But yeah that's ridiculous
0: and to think that last year he did it 76 that's 7.6 dpm
1: yeah exactly and that was his that's the world record 76 how does your stomach just well he's 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 not human i don't feel like well apparently so there's a i don't know if you've ever seen the thing on espn they used to like run these things like called sports
0: science oh yeah i know they uh
1: they did one on joey chestnut and like the nathan's famous hot dog eating competition and uh these guys are hurting for days (laughs) i can imagine like days they just feel sick to their stomach but they do this stuff kind of year round i mean joey chestnut like uh one another thing he's done he's like eating 41 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes or something like that (laughs) and uh You know, when I guess isn't he but
0: ate like a bunch of shrimp wontons and like he had like 308 Uh, minutes, yeah. He uh,
1: he also had 23 six inch Philly subs in eight minutes, I think, or 10 minutes, I can't remember. It's crazy, I mean, six inches, you know, think about Subway, you know, how many
0: 23 of them in eight minutes,
1: (laughs) something like that. Oh my god, um, and honestly, there's other contestants have some crazy food eating feats as well.
0: Um, the one guy like guzzled a, a gallon of pink lemonade yeah, in less than 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. Full gallon. There's uh, one guy, one contestant, who had eaten 276 jalapenos in like 5 or 10 minutes. It was <laughs> incredible. Um, yeah, just competitive eating is a crazy sport. I can't believe it's not covered a little bit more. MLE, Major League Eating. Is that actually uh, what it is. Yeah. MLE uh, Joey is number one in the world still, and well, obviously was able to keep his belt even pending injury.
0: Yeah, true, and, uh, that was a Michael yeah, Jordan performance yeah. flu game there.
1: Yeah, he
0: came in on crutches and won
1: by a mile too. Wasn't yeah, even by a country mile. I mean, and he's been doing that for past like five, six competitions. Now we couldn't watch it though because
0: it was on ESPN News, which very few people have. Um, well, it usually is on ESPN or ESPN2. Yeah. This is what, what the British Tennis Tournament. Yes. British Tennis Open was on both the ESPN channels at the same time. That is an American crime. ESPN, yeah. Whoever had that idea at ESPN should be arrested and thrown
1: in prison for treason. Yeah. And like Luke said, most people don't have ESPN news. Now, actually, believe it or not, Ron has ESPN news. Now, but this is just what happened. So usually Nathan's famous is at like twelve. Twelve PM. So I it's it might be Eastern time, 1, maybe. Yeah. It might be at one on the east coast. So twelve here. Yeah, true. And so that's what I was looking for. And on my screen it just says fucking Wimbledon. Wimbledon. I hate Wimbledon. No, well, it
0: was it was British tennis tournament, wasn't it?
1: it? That's Wimbledon. Oh, is it? Yes, that's Wimbledon. So Wimbledon just cock blocked us. But. This, yes, exactly. This is why I, it, it, I don't know what I was thinking, but, you know, on the TV guide, I just kept scrolling and it said three. That's when the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest was. It's like, oh, it's at three this year. And I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. That's what I saw too. You know, it's a tradition to have it at like noon, but okay, whatever, Wimbledon. And. Believe it or not, it was still at noon. It was just on ESPN News, yeah, and we missed it. And I really am mad at Wimbledon, and I will never watch Wimbledon. I'm
0: more mad at ESPN because they had had it on both of their ESPN channels. What is the need for that? And it's British.
1: Yeah, it's the same. And it's on broadcast. the fourth of
0: July. No one wants to watch. It's, it's literally fourth of July. Is it it, it's Independence Day? It's literally when we declared independence from Britain. And ESPN on that day, the very morning of that day, puts on a British tennis tournament. Are you for real?
1: You know, as that's, much as a crime, that should be criminal, a felony. As much as I hate to say it, that's a win for Great Britain on oh, July 4th. Yeah. That's a win for Great Britain on July 4th when there should be absolutely no wins for Great Britain. On the Traditionally, the there has been no wins. Exactly, but they just broke that tradition. Yeah. Another broken tradition, unreal. So you can count on me now. I don't watch tennis, but you can count on me never watching Wimbledon. No, ever, never.
0: Protest. We we the Show Me Show podcast officially issues a suspension, a protest of the Wimbledon boycott. Wimbledon twenty twenty three. And the suspension will last indefinitely. Forever. Indefinitely. Which will be forever. We will never, never, unless you know the creator of Wimbledon wants to come on the podcast or something and apologize, then then maybe. But yeah, until that moment. Yeah, so we can kill him. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Maybe we just <laughs>
1: maybe we just kidnap them. They did commit treason. Punishable by death in 1776. <laughs> True. So uh, but, yeah, that's
0: the Joey Chestnut uh, scenario. I guess we could move on to the NBA draft here. That was that happened a couple about, Thursdays about, ago. Yeah, about two weeks ago. By the time this comes out, uh, there's a few things that have happened since then. A lot of people got super maxes, uh, including let's see Darius Garland, Nikola Jokic, obviously Zion Williamson, which was a little bit surprising because he didn't play that much. Carl Anthony Towns and John Moranth all got super maxes, respectively. Uh, Rudy Gobert was also traded. Big trade. From the Utah Jazz to the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves for like four or five first round picks. And Patrick Beverly.
1: And Walker Kessler.
0: Well, I count him as one of the first round picks because he, you know, he was a first round pick and he, he hadn't played yet. So, but. I think Patrick – there was another player too, but he wasn't big at all. But anyway, that package is going to Utah. And this goes to the Brian Windhorse situation. I don't know if you saw that, but he, before the trade, he looked at the Royce O'Neill trade like it was him for like a second-round pick or something like that. And they're like, why would Utah trade a starter? Why would they trade him away for such little value? at this point in time. And that trade really flew under the radar. But Brian Windhorst picked it up, and he's like, Danny Ainge, who is now the GM of Utah, is is slowly rebuilding this team. And he was basically saying that Mitchell and Gobert were going to be gone before the next season yep. started. And Gobert is now gone. So, yeah, very uh, good detective work there by Brian Windhorst, to say the least.
1: Yeah, they might set up some, like, Thunder situation, or Danny Ainge might. Yeah. He's already halfway there. You know, by trading Gobert for all those picks, he's just got Mitchell left. And then boom, within like the next decade, maybe the Jazz will be back. If they can survive, <laughs> they it, can I hit won. on a few
0: of the picks. Um, I think it's a pretty even trade. I, I would say the Jazz probably won. Just because anytime you get that many first round picks for someone who's not top ten in the league, um, it's probably a win. But at the same time, Timberwolves get a piece they were missing they were, they were missing a defensive you know big man, even though they did have to trade away Patrick Beverly, who's the defense you know he's a big defensive guy as well. Um, Cat is more of the the offensive scoring big guy, yeah, I mean he won
1: the three point contest, yeah.
0: so now you yeah. have Rudy gobert. I think it'll be good for him. um they're trying to win now, so the picks don't really mean that much um, as the jazz are not obviously trying
1: to win now, yeah. And, yeah, um, I'll say this. It didn't really hit me until ESPN released a graphic and it showed me like they're starting five. And it was like D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Ant-Man Edwards, and Rudy Gobert and some other dude. Was Probably like, Jerick Culver. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, That is a good starting five in the NBA. Now, this is one thing that I'm a little confused about is like, Probably Anthony Towns. You know he plays center. Um, so does Rudy Gobert. Um, Double center, big man lineup. They're they're completely different. Rudy Gobert can still score, but he doesn't score in the numbers that Cat does. Um, are you gonna just move Cat out and like try to guard forwards and guards? Because you know if you, why would you? You want you got him Rudy Gobert because he's a rim protector and you don't want them out and about on, you know, the perimeter. You want them down low being a rim protector. That's why you wouldn't got them. So that's interesting. You know, they may start together, but they also may, like, as soon as the game starts, you know, it's going, they may only have one of them on the floor at at the same time, you know. Yeah,
0: true. Um. That happened. That was after the draft, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, that two um, days ago, I think, two or three days ago.
0: Yeah, the draft. The, uh, the draft however very interesting uh I think we all kind of thought Chet was going number one at least I did to the magic um, with Jalen Suggs being drafted last last year I was like surely Chet goes there they need a big man you know they traded away vooch uh, not too long ago um, but they go with the upset they go with Apollo yep I think I spelled his name wrong on the note sheet here but yep Paulo Bencaro goes number one overall to the Magic. Uh, him and Jalen Suggs, very similar styles of play, I think. Jalen Suggs is more of a guard, where is more of a forward. Uh, but they're both scorers, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Chet Holmgren then goes to the Thunder, who had number two. Excellent, excellent pick. Phenomenal pick. Already
1: working out for him, it seems oh, to be. Yeah, he
0: played the first uh, – Summer league game was summer last, game night, last night. night. Broke the summer league record for blocks in a game. And when the reporter was asking him in the post game, she's like, Uh, you broke the record for blocks in a game. He's like, Only six? And he's like, Oh, I gotta break that. Mm-hmm. So, uh him Thunder we building something over here. Him and Josh Giddy.
1: I like Giddy too.
0: Oh yeah. He's them two together are gonna be they're gonna be unstoppable. Maybe not this year, but In the very, very near future, watch out for the Thunder because they are rebuilding strong. Um, And then Jabari Smith goes to the Rockets. Ah, That's a fake
1: pick. I don't care about the Rockets. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what. I mean, they have Jalen Green. Green. We'll see if anything ever happens. No, No. John Wall is a clipper. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. I remember that. Um, Then everyone's kind of like, all right, Kings, Jaden Ivey's right here for you. They're like, nope. We're gonna go Keegan Murray. I know he's a good player, but like uh,
1: he did, he did score a bunch last year—twenty-four points per game. But that's I, sad. I still would have taken Ivy. But um, you always gotta go with the safe pick there, so no one hates you if you get it wrong. Um, and you know what? There's always that—they always show that graphic that's like the Kings, the team that picks after the Kings usually drafts like a superstar. Well, the Pistons right after the Kings then took Ivy, so.
0: But at He's the same players. time, the on that graphic, uh, one of the players that the Kings picked recently was Marvin Bagley, and that was before Luca. And at that time, Marvin Bagley was a beast. they were like, "This guy's gonna be an NBA stud," and no one was really sure. I'm about I'm still Luka. shocked about that. Yeah, no one was really sure about Luca. So that one, I don't fault them on. Um, and then what was the other one? It was Jimmer, mm-hmm. Jimmer Fredette, and who was was it? Clay Thompson that was after him.
1: <sighs> Yeah, I can't remember, but it, it was Klay Thompson. You can pull it up.
0: 10 and 11. Uh, Jimmer was a stud in college. Yep. And even his first few years in Sacramento, he was really good too. So that one just, you know, Clay Thompson, he wasn't really a blue-chip prospect out of the draft. So the Kings there taking, you know, the safe option. And then who was the other one?
1: Yeah, I don't remember. Damian
0: Lillard was the number six pick. But, I mean, traditionally, the Kings have gone with, like, the slam solid downs. picks, cannot no, no, no. Argue with. so maybe what they needed to do is reach on somebody that they really like. So maybe they Change reached here, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's what it takes for them to hit on a draft pick. And who knows, Keegan Murray could be the guy that changes it.
1: Honestly, I think all the first five picks are they'll have they'll make it in the NBA, but uh, honestly, I actually liked this draft. There wasn't now this might this sounds kind of Bad, but it seemed like most of the guys that got picked, you actually kind of like knew who they were, a big chunk of them.
0: Yeah, um, well, except for the one guy from UCLA that got picked. Like, I remember, I don't remember what his name was now, but he went like 20, 21st overall. And they're like, so and so from UCLA. And I was like, what? Like, I watched UCLA a lot last year as an Arizona fan and as, and as a Pac 12 mm-hmm. fan. I was very, very, you know, I watched UCLA a lot and I had never heard of this guy. And it turned out he averaged like five minutes a game <laughs> for UCLA, and he played he played almost every game too. He just didn't play that much. So I was like,
1: "How is he a, a first round pick in the draft?" Well, there was also the guy, uh, uh, the guy from Kentucky who literally didn't play this year, and he was a lottery pick.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like college doesn't exist. Like they just go based off high school. Um, but. So that one was probably the most shocking to me because I, as much as I've watched UCLA, I would never heard of this guy. He wasn't in the starting five. He wasn't coming off the bench a lot either. So that um, was weird to see. I can't remember his name for the life of me, though. Peyton Watson? Peyton Watson, yeah, that's what it was. Um,
1: I don't remember what position he played, but it was very weird. Uh, also, there are some key guys that didn't get drafted, like Coburn – which who doesn't who just doesn't really have much of an NBA game?
0: Yeah, he's um, kind of like a Luca Garza type.
1: Uh, Brady Manic didn't get drafted, although it looks like he's actually probably going to make the Hornets roster. He's having a solid summer so far. Um, who are some other guys here? Hockez didn't get drafted from UCLA. What about
0: Johnny Juzang?
1: I think J- Juzang came back. Oh, he did. Cool.
0: So that's he would have been like a top. What? He would have been a lottery pick two years ago. And uh, now he's they, a,
1: they said he probably would have been a late first, oh. early second, maybe a second.
0: Uh, hey, my respect to Johnny Juzang, all out there mm-hmm, I yeah. can't even hate him because whenever you come back and play for your school two years I ago. Love I love it like that. That's respectable. Yep. Um, I think my winners of the draft, I have three of them here. I have the Pistons, the Bucks, and the Thunder. And the Pistons, I think, are a collective – win in the draft. Not only did Jaden Ivey fall to him at five, uh, but they also traded for Kemba Walker, who's washed, doesn't really matter, but they bought him out. You know, he's a former All-Star. And then Jalen Dern out of Memphis. And fun fact about Jalen Durant: he's actually younger than me. He is the only pro, he's now currently the only pro sports player that is younger than me. So that's pretty wild. You know, it makes me feel old at this point, like you know, I just graduated high school, but there's an NBA player. Yeah. There's get
1: ready to just get worse as well, we Well, next,
0: next year, year it'll be every single draft pick is younger than me. I mean, but
1: it's about to get so much worse for us in terms of guys are gonna that you swear you just started watching a few years ago, but a few years ago it turns out it was like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen to us and they're getting yeah. ready to retire from like the NFL and stuff yeah. like that. It's weird.
0: That is true. But weird this how time is, works. yeah, this is, that's a weird fact. He's probably, he's probably younger than you too, but I was oh, just yeah. looking it up Mo, like every other NBA player that was drafted older than me, but Jalen Durant younger. And it seems weird because he played a whole year at college last year mm-hmm. while I was in high school. So I guess maybe he just went early.
1: Yeah. He may have reclassified. You, Arizona had a good, a uh,
0: good draft. Yeah, they did. Arizona, Ben Matherin taken sixth overall mm-hmm. out of, or to Indiana. Very, very boring spot for him to be. But
1: the more that I'm thinking about it, that's like a perfect spot for him. Perfect in and perfect place to prosper. Yeah. He not is, very many shining lights on you.
0: Just just play ball. And they've had history of you know stars. Reggie Miller there in the nineties was a huge star. Paul had, George was a Paul George. superstar. Paul George. Uh Pacers were actually really good when they had George Hill, Paul George. Uh, what was the big guy's name? Roy Hibbert. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they could get a little, you know, something going. But Ben Mather, I seeing him in the Pacers, I was like, this is going to be good for him. He will just be able to play. You know, there's not really anybody good in Indiana. Uh, they did get the one guy from the Kings though. What's his Tyrese Halliburton? Him and Tyrese Halliburton. I feel like that's a great matchup. And then uh, they also have Miles Turner too. So big man, but I'm seeing that. I love it. Ben Matherin has the star all over him. He has the potential to be the best player out of this draft besides Chet, I think, in my opinion. When we look back at all these guys' careers, I think it's going to be Chet number one and then Matherin. Um, and then off, Dale and Terry. That's the, this is the one that surprised me the most. Dalen Terry was considering coming back to Arizona because he didn't think he was going to get drafted, but then um, – Everyone around him was like, no, you're probably going to get drafted, maybe even first round. And so then he went, and he gets taken 18th overall. Just to, outside the lottery. Yeah, to the Chicago Bulls. And uh, I think that's a good spot for him, too, because while Benedict Mathering, he's, he's the superstar player, he's what Indiana needs. Chicago doesn't need a superstar player, and, and Dalen Terry is not a superstar player. He's the guy that's going to. He's a glue piece. That's what he was for Arizona. Anyway, he's going to get he's going to get assists. He's going to get big time baskets. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to be in the right place at the right time in almost every situation, and he's going to succeed in it. At least he did at Arizona, and that is what that's exactly what Chicago needs. You know, they have Vooch, Vucevic. Um, they got what Lonzo Ball, who is a great passer as well. And then they got Zach Levine, who's the big scorer. What they need is, you know, the guy that can just distribute the ball, handler. I guess. Yeah. That'll be perfect for him, and uh, that might have been all that went from Arizona.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's um, local. Yeah, I was going to say the early second round. Yep. But, UNC had nobody, but uh, also all coming back. they all came back. And like I said, Manic signed with the Hornets. Duke's pretty much whole <laughs> roster got drafted. <laughs> Which kind of hurt. Also, uh, Coach K making it about himself once again. Literally, the first draft, Paulo, and Coach K like gave him like a congratulations video right then and there on TV.
0: Yeah, he's like, um, "Oh, congratulations, Paulo!
1: You always got to be there. I never, I Coach K, I'm yeah. so proud of you." It's like Jesus Christ, dude.
0: I leave, leave alone. You're you're retired. Go away. Um, he's
1: retired, but he still has an office in the oh, basketball. Yeah. And program. he
0: will never give it up, probably either. So Christian Koloko went to the Raptors in the second round, thirty third overall. Um, he's got a lot of potential. He's still growing. I, he's been in Arizona forever; it feels like. And each year he just gets progressively better. And this year he really broke out as a star, and especially in the tournament. Um, so that's a good uh, potential piece there for the Raptors. You know, a guy that can continue to keep growing up and working on his game yeah so yeah good draft i think a few years ago arizona had a good draft when we had josh green nico Mannion, and zeke Naji, but none of those guys really panned out so yeah
1: that's true nico,
0: nico Mannion needed to come back another year but
1: oh my gosh yeah albino yeah well he when
0: he was with airs like he was a big time recruit for us, and then he yeah, I know. Sucked, and then he sucked, and I was like, "How was he rated so high? Because he doesn't play that good." But
1: just didn't develop.
0: Najee and Green were so much better. It yeah. is what it is, though. These three Arizona guys are—you know, Nico Mannion. I could have told you when he got drafted, he was not going to be anything. Um, Najee, I thought went too soon as well, but Green, Josh Green, I was like, "Yeah, he's got some NBA potential." But these three guys in the NBA. I could totally see them succeeding in, like, role. Well, like Ben Matherin would be a great superstar in this league. Dalen Terry's Terry never going to be a superstar, but he could be a great, like, piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Coloco, I, I have no idea what to think about Coloco. He could yeah. be really good or he could just be yeah. there, you
1: know. Benedict Matherin has a superstar name, so yeah.
0: that might really help him. Uh, but,
1: yeah. Uh, so does uh,
0: – I want to talk about this. The winners of the draft, I said the Bucks, Marjon. I forget how to say his last name, but they draft him 24th overall. I was watching, I've been watching, I am in love with this guy. He is so good. He's a little bit older for the draft. I think he's like 24, 25. Um, but he's gonna be instantly inserted into that Bucks lineup. And he's gonna be really good. And I think he might be a huge part of why they win a the title next year.
1: Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. I wish we would have recorded this right after the draft because so much stuff has happened since then. I know. Because I watched the whole watched. draft, but it's been so long. But, yeah. Uh,
0: I thought they had a solid draft, too. Uh, I thought they actually yes. did
1: better work in the second round, but the Bucks. Yeah. So Bucks Clippers is still on for the for the title. Of actually, course it uh, is, especially with the addition of John Wall, uh, <laughs> to take some uh, the pressure off if he can actually play. But we'll see. But also you also have to think about Kawhi also may just not play. You yeah.
0: Know. I don't know. I I don't think the Clippers had any picks because they traded them all to the Thunder mm-hmm. in this draft. But uh, Thunder obviously win the draft as always. They get Chet superstar right there and then they have a bunch of other guys that they fizzle in and they traded with the knicks i think which the knicks are one of my losers i have the kings because you know they always lose the draft <laughs> they're the kings they lose everything um and then the next nets and lakers just because they had no picks and whenever they did pick wasn't anybody of importance and then i also have the knicks and Stephen a
1: yeah i feel it bad does.
0: They traded away their top 12 pick or whatever. And then at a later time, they traded Kemba to the Pistons. And I, we're watching, I, if you're watching the draft live, Stephen A is like, oh, we got Jalen Durham. Let's go. We got Jalen Durham. We got a player. And then Man, he was later, gone. A few minutes later, it's like, oh, actually, Jalen Durham was also in the deal to Detroit. And he just had a breakdown. He's like, no, we have to get a player. And he was right. suck. <laughs> Um so those are my three winners and my three losers of the draft.
1: Uh I mean uh the Nets if they uh they might just be the ultimate loser if everything goes awry with this Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant situation. I mean just a really bad off season if that happens, but uh well, they could They might the also be able to pick up a lot of resources with those two trades. So we'll see. Um the Lakers, uh, like you said, they had no picks. They did sign Sharif O'Neal, uh, but he's so he's not good. Uh, that's just the moral of the story.
0: Yep. He ever since he decommitted from Arizona, oh, his career is. has gone down the toilet. Um, now, granted, he was committed to air, to play for Arizona, and then the Sean Miller cheating scandal came out where he was paying uh, DeAndre Ayton, and he decommitted probably because he was offered money to go to Arizona, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then he went to LSU and he's just bounced around and his career has gone down the toilet. So that's a lesson, Sign with Arizona. Yeah. And you can end up like Andre Iguodala, of four rings, in a finals MVP.
1: Or DeAndre Eaton and just
0: be weird.
1: <laughs> they they had somebody else on there. Uh, oh, that's who it was. The Lakers also have Scotty Pippen Jr. Really? For the summer league. How about that? And also Mac McClung is still playing summer league yeah. as well.
0: Where is he gone?
1: The Lakers. And I remember last what year.
0: What did he do last year though?
1: Uh he actually played at the end of the regular season and had like a 20-point game or something. And yeah, he's throwing down dunks. It was it he's was he's an electric uh, player. He is. Uh if they can find a way to uh develop some of those guys, I wish he would have stayed had like 16 the other night. So really maybe he might be something.
0: I wish that Mac McClung would have stayed at Texas Tech another mm-hmm. year because he was so fun to watch at Texas Tech. But yeah, man, he's kind of now lost in the depths. But
1: who knows? Yeah. Um, one last NBA thing to top everything off. Uh Hustle, the movie Hustle by with Adam Sandler, uh on Netflix, the NBA movie about uh uh I think it's Juano. Hernan Gomez, he plays for the Jazz or something Oh, like uh, Really? Although I think he just got traded or released. I can't remember. He's
0: been traded many, 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 uh, many times. The in movie career. with him,
1: uh, Hustle, on Netflix. Awesome movie. I actually really liked it. A lot of people were bashing it, but I actually thought it was a good movie. Another movie I've seen since uh, we last recorded, Saving Private Ryan. Must see. If you've never seen Really? It. You've never seen that before? I had never seen it before, but Man, it was an awesome movie. Uh, five stars for me for Saving Private Ryan. Uh, and I also rewatched Ghostbusters one and two, and they were awesome with Bill Murray.
0: So, yeah.
1: Um. We're gonna movie movie of next. the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if movie I had of to the pick week. One, uh, the best out of the three, it probably was Saving Private Ryan. But Hustle was way better than I thought it was going to be. I'll say that.
0: Well, that's good. Oh, uh,
1: we've got our wheel spins. You oh, know. yeah. I'll get the Before wheel that, going. I'm going to go to the bathroom, and Luke's going to set that up.
0: Wheel of NFL teams. Hey, man, what did you down that Dr. Pepper? You already have to go. Yeah, I drink that and then Gatorade. <laughs> well, this is staying in. I'm not editing this out, so you better hurry up with it. I'm just going to pull up the uh, – I wonder if there's a way that I could, like, set up the sound of the wheel because it the sound of the wheel – like, spinning is so satisfying. Um, let's see. What teams have we done? We've done we've done the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. We've done the Washington Commanders. We've done the Atlanta Falcons. They were the first team. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on who we did after that. I think we did the Texans, maybe. No, it was the Panthers. We did the Panthers. And I think... I think that's it. I think that's the four teams we've done. So got to get the wheels set up. We're just waiting for Cam to get back, I guess. Now drink down to Dr Pepper and a Gatorade before the show. It is the show is actually getting kind of long here, though. But. Have, Have to do the NFL teams. teams. It's, it's a, tradition. a tradition. Hopefully by hopefully we'll get all thirty-two NFL teams in, uh, like right as the NFL season is going to start like maybe the beginning of September, that's when we'll finish up with all 32
1: NFL teams.
0: We might have to, we have to double them up, though, if you want to do that.
1: Oh, yeah. Um I was actually going to say that from here on out, we might have to just do two, and there might be an episode where we might have to do, like, three because – Get them all in. <laughs> yeah, because, uh you know, we only do a show, like, once a week, so yeah. – and the NFL Sunday is only like ten Sundays away, or something like that. So, which is beautiful. But yeah, yeah. so we might just have to start doubling up. So how
0: many teams have we done? Have we done four or five. Because I, we've done. I came up with four.
1: We've done the Raiders, Commanders, football team, Panthers, Saints. Not Saints. Falcons. Falcons. That's it. Titans. I want to say. I don't think we
0: did the Titans. Is it Browns?
1: Yeah, Browns. Okay, so
0: we did do five. That Browns was the one I was forgetting. All right, here we go with the spin. This is the slowest spin of all time because the computer's lagging. But it's looking like, oh, boy, looks like a uh, Bills, Bills. Yeah. Buffalo Bills. All right, one minute on the clock.
1: Yep. All right, um, you can start. <laughs>
0: five seconds to think. All right, we'll go. First thing I think about with the Bills is Bills Mafia, one of the greatest fan bases in all of the NFL. Uh, they're going to be on a mission this year. Josh Allen probably might be a favorite for MVP. I think that's my pick for MVP is Josh Allen. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, great offense, and great defense too, although they got to step up in the postseason when there's certain seconds left on the clock.
1: Yeah, um, I think the addition of Von Miller is going to help more than people think. I think his contract is – incredibly bad how much money they gave him, but I do think it's going to help. I mean, we just saw it, and, I mean, he helped the Rams win a Super Bowl, Um, and he was literally Super Bowl MVP with the Broncos. You yeah. know, when he's healthy, um he disrupts shit. and, uh, you know, they have some good defensive alignment at all of our company, uh, but like Luke said, they need to step up
0: yep. in the playoffs. Yep, great colors as well.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Blue and red, I love it. Buffalo is a great... And they're building a new stadium. Oh, and that's. I do have one more thing to add. Is is it their logo? Is it a buffalo? Like, what is the when it's the Bills? Like, what is a bill? Like, is that something you get in the mail from the government? No, like, it's. Electric, uh, or... I think it's
1: Buffalo Bill the,
0: like the 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 character. Yeah, Buffalo well. Bills because their logo is a
1: buffalo. Yeah, so it's just kind of weird that it's not yeah. a bill. You know, yeah, Um, I've always wondered that I saw something on that and it was like Bill's logo explained, huh? I'm just gonna type in that Bill's logo explained, (laughs) eliminate them.
0: We need to start like eliminating the teams, yeah, like writing it down, yeah, so we don't accidentally do two. All right, you want to do the other team right now? The spin? Yep. All right. Spin is going. Oh, this one's a little bit cleaner, not as laggy. Uh, Buccaneers? Oh, I almost was the Jags for a second, but it went back to the Buccaneers.
1: Okay, so we're so pretty – Two much-
0: great teams that we're talking about today. How about that?
1: Yeah, for real. Um. Okay. Go.
0: Uh Tom Brady is now back out of retirement. This is great for the Buccaneers. They're easily gonna win through their just run right through their division because it sucks. They're gonna be a contender in the playoffs again with the Rams and Packers and maybe some other teams, but I think they might be back in the Super Bowl this year. Maybe playing against the Bills. This could be a what we're doing today could be a future Super Bowl matchup.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be as easy as you think in the division. I think the Saints are gonna be back. Um, Because they were literally a quarterback away and Jameis had him at seven and one. Uh, and the Buccaneers also, you know, Gronk retired, but yeah, there's also plenty true. of people that are saying that if Tom Brady calls him to come back, that he won't. Gronk no. will just come back.
0: I think Gronk's done. I think, but is OJ Howard still there? I mean, that could nope, be a huge piece. Oh. But they still have a great receiving core, one of the best in the league.
1: And that's it. Uh, but, yeah, I actually saw, like, a reputable news source that said that if Tom Brady calls, Gronk will come back. But
0: we'll see. Gronk will Gronk. That's all I have to say. True. All right. Great great wheel spins. Shows in an hour and a half.
1: And that's our, our show. It. Yeah. Pretty much. Like I so said, keep
0: staying tuned to the Twitter if you're not, because through this time, the shows have been very inconsistent and they probably will be for the next month or so. Um, but so just stay tuned follow the Twitter show me show pod, follow, uh, the Instagram. If you want to do that too, show me show podcast, just to, uh, stay in touch with us and know when the next shows are so you can listen. Hopefully we can get some interviews on here soon. You know, maybe spice things up with the show, get something different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it'll be time for the NFL season. So,
1: yeah. And, uh, College football season, the last couple of seasons where things are, like, normal. normal. And, honestly, it could be the last season where things are normal because it says, you know, uh, USC and UCLA are supposed to join in 2024, but there's also been word that the Pac-12 might just kick them out after this year. (laughs) Yeah. And it might happen as soon as 2023. So, we'll see. So, Yeah. yeah, that's our show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys all in the next one.
0: Have a great week.